would touch my shoulder, it would touch my hair. Starts now. And I said, what the hell is that? Spirits and more radio starts now. And welcome to episode 21. We're going to jump into the exploding world of immersive horror theater. We are up in North Hollywood for this show with uh, Zombie Joe here at Zombie Joe's Underground Theater. And uh, a little bit later in the show, we're actually going to uh, get into some some haunted uh, spirits that have been seen here inside Zombie Joe's Theater. Stick with us, it's gonna be a great show. Turn down the lights. If you dare. Spirits and more radio. And I'm your host, Steve Rowe, and welcome to the 21st show of Spirits and More Radio. Uh, we're here in North Hollywood uh, at Zombie Joe's Underground Theater. And uh, this place, it's a, it's a small, intimate theater. And uh, he's been, uh, Zombie Joe has been doing shows here for a very long time. We're talking like 25 years. So uh, uh, this is, there are no new kids to the block. Although, you know, immersive theater, horror theater has kind of blown up in the last five years. So Zombie Zombie Joe's uh, intimate theater here in North Hollywood uh, has kind of been there all along for a very long time uh, doing these sorts of productions and now getting more into like the immersive horror where you come in and you experience something totally different. I mean, we're not talking about like a stage show where you sit in the audience and the curtains open. This is a building. This is a space that you move through. The actors are close near you. Uh, multiple things happen to you while you're in here. So um, it's something totally cool for horror fans if you're in the la area definitely definitely need to check this out um so we're going to talk to zombie joe's shortly here uh we're going to find out uh we're going to get kind of like uh behind the scenes into the horror theater production uh we've got the cast of the current show which is monsters come out at night uh they're here so we'll hear from some of them uh and we're also going to hear about uh in the second hour of the show we're going to hear about the creepy spirits that have been seen here. And uh, you definitely don't want to miss that. So I know for my fans of the show who love paranormal, there's something here for you for sure. Uh, but until we get there, we're going to hear about uh, the theater and the horror horror production, which is super cool, you guys. I mean, this is definitely something you need to see. If you're in the area, get out here to Zombie Joe's Theater and check this out. So uh, without further ado... Uh, Zombie Joe. Why don't you tell us how this whole uh, theater experience started? Did you start this or was it a collaboration with someone else? Um, basically, I was like building sets at UC Irvine. I was, I was at UC Irvine and Santa Cruz and uh, I was building sets. I was working with, you know, you basically as an undergrad, you're like a slave in the program. I was working with Robert uh, Cohen, who's a real dick, but he was, he was like, he was like running the program. He's dead now. So running the program, guy's <laughs> such an asshole. But basically, he was really, um, you know. So I was there, and I wrote this play with like like six foot Twinkies, lizard men about a dying artist. Last day, I like had some sort of breakdown. I was doing a lot of drugs and doing theater. I was in a fraternity. Like thing, it was just it was it was worse than it is now. Like it was really bad. 
And I wrote this play one night. I had like some kind of weird breakdown and I'm like, oh, great. Like I'm totally, I'm part of the, you know, I'm really immersed in the theater department here. Amazing theater department. Like I built my own graduation set and everything. Um, and so I submitted this play and they're like, oh, like, you know, we don't like this play. We don't like you and we don't, we don't want to support. We don't, we don't like what you're doing. And so I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I, I basically, and I don't recommend anything. There's nothing chivalrous about this, but I, I quit school. I sold everything I had and I started a theater in Northridge, at least a garage space. And just basically, and just, that was the beginning of the underground. And then some of my friends from high school came in and we started doing shows and, and it's been practically nonstop for 20, you know, we take a little break for two weeks of Christmas, the end of the year, but basically we've done like 400 productions, uh, more shows than any small theater in the history of mankind. We've done, you know, tons and tons of shows. Um, and you said 26 years, is that right? So our 26, is the, this is the season of light and sound, our 26th season. Wow. So um, these shows that you do here, are they all horror shows? Everything that happens in Zombie Joe's Underground is horror-related. Um, I'd say half are, uh, half are horror. So we do classics, like we just did Lovecraft's Cthulhu. Um, we do two Bard a year, two Shakespeare a year. Usually the Denise Devon will, will, will direct a Shakespeare show. Uh, we do a tons of original plays. Like, for example, if you write a play, like we'll we'll pick a date even before it's finished, and we'll open it up. Like Dave Dickens, um, he does more original plays. This is uh, Brandon's best friend, and he does the writing, and Brandon will direct his shows. Yeah. Um, Dave Dickens does a lot of original work here. Just like churns out these plays. That's killer. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, a lot of people don't understand who haven't been through a small immersive theater. I mean, people all around the world. <clears throat> you know, mm -hmm. listen to this. There's different things happening everywhere, but here in LA, there in, in the last what would you say, like uh, three, four years, there's been like this explosion mm -hmm. of immersive type theater in yeah. strange little places and yeah. all over the town, and mm -hmm. like Annie Lesser. And did you guys ever work with Annie Lesser? Do you do shows with her? Like the ABC shows. I'd say in the last, uh, and then and then also No Nelson with everything immersive. Um, I'd say in the last like ten years. Well, we've been doing immersive theater for a long time, but I'd say in the last five to 10 years, it's really gotten into, into the living rooms, into uh, for the big productions, kind of like from the Willows to, did you guys do the Willows? Oh, okay. Uh, from the Willows to uh, Creep, uh, which has really been like in the forefront with Delusion. Did you go to do, uh, and, No, didn't do Delusion. Um, I'd say the last, and so we've been on the coattails of that. Yeah. We, we kind of grew with that, and that's part of the only reason we're still alive, I think, because Urban Death has been um, become a super, our strongest, like almost sub-brand within the brand here. It's been a super strong show. Uh, what, it, what, can you tell us about Urban Death, just exactly what's happening with that particular um, show? So we're about to do our opener spring run. I, did, you guys get, did you guys get the uh, schedules I sent today? I hope you guys can do the show. Um, the uh, <laughs> uh, We're doing... Um, our spring, so every year we do a spring run, which is a sit-down classic. Uh, we sit down and watch a 50-minute show with like 50 episodic pieces of, of terror. And then uh, we'll play Midsummer, we're playing Midsummer Scream this year. It's our fifth Midsummer. It, it was originally Scarlet with Markland and, do uh, you know those guys? The yeah. Markland. So we're, um, they're good friends of ours. And so we got a beautiful space, a huge space in Midsummer. Uh, last year was fat, last two years have been great. Um, we're super excited. We're going to play that. And then the next day, we're jumping on a plane to Edinburgh, uh, Edinburgh, and we're going to be 
playing the Edinburgh Fringe Festival this year. Okay. And for those who are listening and don't know, um, Midsummer Scream is a Halloween horror convention that takes place in the summertime here, right. here in Los Angeles. So. The, the best one. Yeah, the I mean, best. there's, there's, and there's all kinds of different theater. There's many, like what, two or three theater groups that kind of come out for that? Well, this year, as far as there's going to be like, I think a Mormon or Scientology convention right below us actually going on the same time as our convention. I think the more it's a some Scientologist, I'm not sure. Those guys are looking for, you guys have Scientologists? The guys are, okay. Uh, like, <laughs> like they've been looking for me. So I don't know if they're, <laughs> they want me to take the test. I don't, hopefully not. <laughs> But <laughs> I'm just a little nervous about it. But they, um, they, it's off the record. They, they actually, though, um, yeah, there's only a few shows. I think like Force of Nature is going to be next to us. But then they have the Hall of Shadows where they do, uh, they have got lots of immersive. It's totally amazing. So we have our own room. They give us our own space. And there's only a couple of us. We're next to the big hall where they do the big, um, you know, like Knots will be there and, and Universal. And I, actually, I'm not sure exactly who's going to be there, but we're going to be on the second floor with the theater. Right. And we were kind of talking about all the different entertainment that's happening year-round, but um, it sounds like you guys were the first. I mean, for this mm -hmm. was not, I mean, 10 years ago, nothing like this was happening, but right here, is that right? Yeah. Um, it's hard to say. There's been horror theater. Like, theater in general is hard to do. Like, I don't recommend anybody do it in general like like even for us it's like it's like suicide it's cultural suicide but like we have like a family like we're we're very as zju we're like a bit of a theater family um we we really love each other we love the shows into existence we take care of each other here um and that's really kind of the foundation of what we're doing but as far as like horror theater i think like like dracula and there's other definite like in the district there's other horror shows but as far as uh, I don't know who's doing shows like Monsters Come Out at Night. I don't know. I, I'm not really sure, but I'd love to go. I'd love to go. I'd love to go see them if they're playing. Yeah, and you do all this. How big is this space so people can kind of wrap their mind around that? The like space, square footage. Uh, well, I signed the lease for 1,400 square feet, but I think it's smaller than that. So I think they included the attic uh, space. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not really sure. It's the theater is small, but we have two big spaces like. No other theater has a big lobby like that where people meet and hook up and stuff after the shows. People come to the shows so they can hook up afterwards. Like, <laughs> like it's a cheap date, you know. Tickets are 15 bucks. The shows are an hour long. So people hang out longer than the actual, this show that we're doing is like totally short. Uh, but um, yeah, so as far as, as the kind of theater we do, we might be standing alone as far as like the kind of theater that right. we do. Yeah, and we do have the cast here from this show that's that's running through the next couple weeks here in April. Um, Kim, I think what would be cool is to hear some inspiration, like how you guys draw into your characters and, and kind of how you feel about like is this horror theater, like what it means to you kind of thing. So we've got a microphone okay. out there. Just introduce yourself, who you are. And ju just to note, yeah. um, not to like, uh, we're, we're, as far as our process, the, the way we create the shows is a little bit private, just like the kind of process. But that's, you're talking about character work and stuff like that. Yeah, right? just oh, okay. personally, okay. how they kind of get into what they do. Sweet. Awesome. So we have... Uh, Go ahead. Yeah. Hey, um, I'm Andrew Frank, um, Sherman Oaks resident. Been acting, you know, since I was little. I was musical theater um, undergrad, so that's kind of how I got my start. Um, and yeah, I'm just. I, I started working in kind of the immersive world with Creep LA this past fall, which was a great experience. And this has been 
awesome working with Zombie Joes. Um, totally, totally intimate, which I have absolutely loved. Um, so yeah, this process is unlike any other. Um, you get to really come in with you know all your history of you know in this case history with like fear and really bring yourself to the forefront of what we're creating um, emotionally and psychologically and physically for sure it's a very physical physical show um, so yeah so you know uh, uh, creating characters definitely it takes a lot of vulnerability more than most other plays any you know other scripted material because you really are bringing your full you know, um, your full self into the process. So yeah, I, I've drawn on like, honestly, like childhood nightmares even throughout the process and like incorporated those into my text that I've created for myself as well. So yeah, it, it feels so personal and it makes it even more important, if that makes sense, as an actor. Um, it makes what you're saying, you can, you're instantly connected to it because it's, it's you. And I think audiences can sense that when they walk in um, that, what we're doing here is really personal and it's powerful because yeah, it's personal. I'd agree. You seem so normal, I have to say. And, I, you know, in the show tonight, your character's like so, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of the, takes you to the edge in my opinion, what I saw as far as like, it's just kind of like, wow, this is like, if, you know, you just feel like if this were real, this would be super scary, you know? And you kind of, if you let yourself go there as, a, as someone who's coming in here, you know, it's cool. I think it's really neat to, to have someone put in like you do for your character for this particular show, what I saw was you know really cool. Thank so, you. His yeah. opening piece too that he was that when you first came in and you saw him do his open like from the from the little piano to his opening piece like a lot of that emerged from his creativity. It, you know we had some feedback and uh, a lot of it evolved like you know like in a timely fashion like in order for you to come and see it like so this has been like an important weekend for the show where it kind of the show kind of really evolved into what it is last couple days right it's always developing which is so incredible about it every show is completely different because the audience is different we're still discovering the show as we're as we're acting as we're working together um and that's what's so magical about it. That's cool. I think anyone, I mean, if you guys, anyone who's listening to this, if you're in the, the Los Angeles area or you come to Los Angeles area, uh, find out what's happening here at Zombie, Zombie Joe's because uh, like you guys have said, it's, uh, it clearly shows through that, you know, your process of what's happening is, is uh, creating something, you know, that's totally connecting with uh, anyone who's into horror, I would say. So um, is there someone else who wants to share a little bit about their experience? I'm uh, Kevin McAllister. Uh, my real name is Adam Daniel. Uh, I've been acting for, uh, wow, a really long time at this point in my life. Uh, something like this for me, I've never done anything like this before in my life. I've never done anything this physical or had to go to places as, uh, as an actor. You have to go to places to find these characters in yourself. And the hardest part is, is really doing that work and digging in and, and allowing yourself to be vulnerable and, and show people your vulnerabilities. Because I think as human beings, we tend to not want to do that. Uh, so I think that's what the most fun is. And for me, uh, what I, what I kind of did was just watched movies and tried to see what I could find from the character work that the, these other actors did and make it my own. Because uh, I, I, I'm not generally a person that gets too scared. 
uh, with anything. I'm not like uh, my girlfriend is actually the horror person. She loves it. Um, but for me, I'm just kind of, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. I'll do that. Uh, so for me to do something like this is uh, a totally different experience and really, really neat. Uh, and, and to be a part of the group with these, these fine people uh, and Gina and her choreography, I, uh, you know, everything that she's done is amazing. Uh, everybody's work is amazing. It's fun working with everybody. And we're all kind of one group. And I think we feed off of each other. Uh, and that's the process, I think. It's just, it's still going. It's not stopping. Uh, with everybody, we, we kind of move with everybody's ebbs and flows. Uh, so I think that's kind of the best part about this experience. What would you guys say uh, to anyone who uh, wants to get into what you guys are doing? Um, you know, anyone who's listening who <clears throat> is excited about acting and loves horror stuff and wants to do live theater? Yeah, just do it. I mean, the thing is, this is, this is one of those experiences that you might not know what you're getting yourself into, but you're certainly not going to regret it once you start because you learn so much about yourself. Like, even if you're not an actor, I mean, some of us are coming from all different walks of life with different backgrounds. You know, we have dancers and we have professional makeup artists and all of us obviously enjoy acting and performing, but it's, it's just such a unique opportunity to really strip down to just that vulnerable, basic human instinct, you know, and we're finding these, these little moments that everybody can relate to, but some people don't want to admit. What's your favorite thing about doing this show that you're doing right now? The freedom and creativity that we've all been able to utilize. I mean, we came in and, and built this show from the ground up, and it was totally collaborative. I mean, Zombie has been incredible to work with because he was open to all ideas, any ideas. There was no bad idea because we were willing to try it. Everybody was willing to, you know, explore any kind of concept. And so it was just really, really freeing to be able to just try whatever you wanted to try and see where it goes. Yeah. What is your favorite horror movie? Ooh. Um, my favorite horror movie... I would have to say, I really, I really love The Exorcism of Emily Rose. It's not a super popular one, but it really affected me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I would say that that one has probably been the scariest. Yeah. That one definitely got me, for sure. I'm Katie, you, by the way. <laughs> you know what's interesting about the show I saw here tonight is it really, you know, there's two different kinds of... Um, well, there's different types of horror, you know, as horror fans, you've got people who like the slasher movies, you know, and stuff like that. Some of the people are, are, some of the things that are the scariest kind of horror actually are things that could be kind of real, you know? And I, I kind of felt like the, the theme behind this show, you know, um, you guys are talking about, you know, the, the, everyone in the, you know, the beginning of it talking about everyone has monsters and fears and things like that. So you kind of steer it that way. But um, some of the, you know, the situations that you guys produce in the different places, you know, are some of the worst things, you know, scariest things that people think of, you know, they're kind of like tumbling around in their head. It just reminds me of, uh, you know, instead of something like Saw, where it's a psychological thriller, something more along the lines of like, uh, hostile, yes, mm -hmm. hostile. Like, that's scary for a lot of people because... Oh, yeah. 
that could be real. You know, it just feels like you could get sucked into something like that. So yeah. I kind of felt, I felt that energy in this show that you guys are doing here tonight. So. Yeah, when, when we were collaborating to begin, everybody came in with different concepts for what was a monster, you know? Like, not everybody Im immediately went to, like, the big, green, scary guy or... It, some of us took it more in a psychosis way and, and, and everybody has, you know, a monster. And I think that this show brings a little bit of everything. So any audience member is going to find one of those monsters that they're like, oh, yeah, that one got me. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone else want to say something about their experience here? Your name? Hi, I'm Brandy Aguilar. Um, I've been having so much fun here um, performing. My, my voice is almost gone, by the way, so I'm sorry if it sounds like I have laryngitis. <laughs> um, but no, I've been having so much fun. I love, I, I've never done, I, I mean, I've done theater pretty much my whole life, but I've never done immersive theater. And to be honest, I have never even heard of immersive theater before I auditioned for this show. Um, and when I, I remember my very first rehearsal, I was just, I was just thinking, oh my goodness, this is going to creep people out. And I, I love creeping people out. Um, I mean, I'm not very physically intimidating, but I think with like, with like, uh, I'm just a very petite woman, but I, I think with, you know, um, <laughs> with like, you know, different voices that we all make and just like with the beginning, we've... It just it turned this theater into just creepy place. I've heard some of the audience members that came in. I, as an actor, like I watch for their reaction because I want them to be, you know, I want them to react to our art in our show. And so it made me, and I think all of us feel good as actors to know that we're essentially creeping them out. I've heard people <laughs> come into our show and they're just saying, oh my God, I, I got to leave. This is very scary. So I, um, I feel pretty pleased with that. And I think, um, yeah, <laughs> I think all of us have worked super, super hard. It's a very physically demanding show. It's definitely whipped me into shape. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel very muscly now. Right. So, <laughs> right. so Joe, now can you, t maybe, why do you guys do, why is the show three weeks? Um, I don't know. Well, basically, it boiled down to a scheduling thing. Um, so each show here is different time, different time frame. Yeah, for us, it's always about juggling the schedule. To be honest, like some shows, um, like our Easter egg hunt that we did last week was one week, a, a seasonal thing. Um, originally, um, this this almost was one week, but. Um, uh, between Brandon and I kind of hashing out the schedule, we decided that this would go for three weeks. And um, so, yeah, I think it's just, uh, sometimes it's just luck of the draw. And we've been trying to also cater to, it's taken a long time to develop this wonderful haunt, supportive haunt audience that's a little bit different from your normal theater audience. So um, they're, 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 all, they're super supportive. And so we've been trying to uh, curtail the programming toward them a little bit. I um, see. With the stuff. So like, um, so, We've had our Easter egg hunt, which was like totally disgusting and awesome. That that was last week. Uh, did you guys like the show, the Easter egg hunt? Um, and um, can you can you say what happened? What's some of the stuff that you guys did for that show? Uh, we'll pass the mic over to um, Brandon Slezak, our general manager. Yeah. So just a little bit. What was 
in the in the show? Yeah, so um, this obviously um, Easter that was done. You guys put an Easter show together. You had an idea to do something, and right. and what happened? What was the what was the <laughs> now what? How does one answer? What did that? one? What did what did people experience? I mean, I guess well, you say Easter egg hunt. Were people running around here looking for Easter eggs, or what was happening? Of, yeah, it was kind of it was sort of a blend of you know like a theatrical presentation of what we called Zombie Joe's fucked up Easter egg hunt. So. It's like almost anything else that we do here, it starts out with a kernel of an idea, which was to do a fucked up Easter egg hunt. And um, just through the rehearsal process and putting stuff together, uh, we created an atmosphere. So when people left, they're like, oh man, that was, um, that was fucked up. <laughs> and, uh, and, it, and it seems like that's how kind of people responded. So just a couple of things that sort of went on is you kind of walked in, you saw this naked lady on the ground that was resurrected by a ritual and you lead to your spring dominatrix who, of course, kicks off the whole Easter egg hunt. Uh, then there was various characters you sort of ran into, a uh, very, uh, I don't know, what would you call it? How would you describe my Easter bunny? Um, a hor very horny, um, aggressive <laughs> Easter bunny. You got, who, to, you got to ride a dog, uh, a dog got, boy. You got to ride a dog, a dog boy. boy. Yeah. You got to beat the Easter bunny with carrot bats, so that was fun. That was, a, which, you know, it's, it was kind of cool, but, uh, you know, like a lot of immersive haunts are very um, uh, careful to have people interact with the actors too much. Uh, but this one was a little bit like, you know, you're taking eggs off of people. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, should I... The end of the show is sort of a wild spectacle in itself, uh, pulling, and it was me, of course, uh, pulling an, uh, an Easter egg out of a naked man. Ah. That's sort of how the show ended, birthing the egg of life. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we, we sort of run the gamut of, yeah, uh, yeah. of what's acceptable. That's, uh, yeah, totally different from what most people experience at the Easter egg hunt time. Yeah, yeah certainly, sure, certainly. Sure. It, was, it was certainly uh, adults only. It was adults only. Yeah. <laughs> and you talked about waivers, Joe. You were... You were some of the shows here, you do waivers. So, you know, sometimes I feel like waivers are for effect, right? Like, oh man, this must mm -hmm. be horrible because I have to sign a waiver. Right. But is that what is that true, or is there really some fear there of um, someone getting upset? Well, the truth, like, we're still trying to also figure. We're trying to figure out the waiver thing a little bit. It's a little bit. Uh, so, for the Easter egg hunt, we had waivers signed because it was more contact with the public. This show in particular, it's kind of right on the cusp, so we're not signing waivers, but we probably should be, um, just because we 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 hold their hands or we brush them. You know, like you felt like I mean, did you did you feel this show needed a waiver? Tonight? No, I didn't. Oh, feel oh really? Like, okay, no, that's good no. to know. Um, the truth is, like most of the time, like for me, I mean, I think these guys are really solid. Like I personally don't. Know what the, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing most of the, most of the time. Um, so like with a little help from our friends, so the waiver thing, we're still trying to figure out, but we should have, people should sign waivers for every show. That's what Brandon has been suggesting. Like if, because you could trip over something or, you know, but, um, uh, part of the reason for this one, you're not signing is because it's ages 16 and up. We have under a, so if it's 18 and over only we, that's when we were doing waivers. Cause I think if it's, if they're under 18, um, you know. Uh, yeah. I don't know if the, if, if it's valid. Uh, so I don't know. It's all it's all. Uh, we should be signing waivers for everything, every single thing we're doing here, including like 
Urban Death Tour of Terror, and so we're getting better at it. We're still trying to figure it out, but yeah. Now, Urban Death. Let's get to that because that's a show that's been. Did that? When did that officially open? The whole Urban Death concept. Um, um, so Urban Death started in um, 2005 um, in July as sort of just our take on a horror show, um, and. Um, it, it instantly did well, and it was its own sort of thing. And, and it's actually, if you come see Urban Death, the sit-down in spring, you, there's a, it's, some things, have, it, the show's definitely become stronger. We have hundreds and hundreds of pieces we do with original live music from Chris Reiner that's composed for the show. Wow. Um, so there's a whole canon of music and a whole canon. Is that, is that an immersive type thing, too? Um, no, it's, um, well, it's a maze, like for Halloween, uh, for the season, it's a maze with a show with a maze Okay. with, with urban death characters in the maze with a little 15 minute show. Um, but the springtime run is our classic sit down and watch, um, watch the urban debt, watch a show for 15 minutes. Like it's like a horror museum coming to you basically. Cool. And the stuff that you're talking about that you like, that you like, like the real life horror, the day to day horror, uh, everyday horror and people that are, that's what's scary. That's really kind of our focal point for urban death. I really. see. And that's going on tour, right? You were saying what's happening with that. So uh, you guys are going international. We're going to Edinburgh for, uh, the, um, we're going to Edinburgh for the um, uh, for the big festival in August, so we're raising money for that. By the way, uh, so we wanted to mention. Can I can I plug this yeah, out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, our goal is forty thousand dollars to send ten of us to Edinburgh and to and to pay for everything. Um, so you can go to if you if you have any interest in donating, which we've never asked the public for money like this before. Usually everything gets paid for tickets are 15 bucks to all of our shows and it pays. This is a much larger venture and it's been extremely exciting and also scary, but we're doing it. We're close. We're, um, we're like $26,000 in. We don't, we don't have that far to go, but you can go to, uh, www.gofundme.com slash urban death. Um, GoFundMe at Urban Death, Urban Death at the GoFundMe, and um, and uh, we have all kinds of prizes and incentives, uh, including tickets to our spring show, private uh, meetings and T-shirts, and all kinds of stuff. And it's been super. It's it's been a very successful campaign Good, so yeah. far. Um, yeah, for anyone who's listening, I mean, what these guys are doing here is 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 really cool. There's a really strong community here that uh, supports this, and everyone gets to enjoy horror year round. I mean, that's that's the thing is that uh, and to see it to see it live is so different. You know, you've got horror movies, people go to haunted houses and stuff. This is different, and I even think this is different than some of the extreme stuff that people do. Mm-hmm. Some of the extreme. This is you feel safe here you know it's oh, not good. it's not one of those things where you know you know you're going into a building you're going to see something cool and you do get that fear but you know you're safe you know versus like some of these other things i think they try to play off of that too like mm-hmm. you know that that you know pe- you know there could be a madman out there involved in this kind of thing but um so uh check out the gofundme on that because uh it, now is that on your website you have a website too yeah our website is zombiejoes.com and we're on um the facebook at um zombie joes uh zombie joes underground on facebook instagram at zombie joes twitter at zombie joes 
We also have a dedicated Instagram for Urban Death. If you kind of want to check out a little bit about the history and a little more about that, that's at Urban Death underscore ZJU. Okay, yeah. cool. And I think the hard thing for people to grasp is like you don't, you know, it's hard to know what's happening, and that's by design. You guys mm-hmm. want to keep what's happening here kind of close knit. You don't, you don't publish videos of what happens in these shows typically. Right. Right. So, so you gotta, you know, that's the thing is, you know, when people come here and they experience that, that's uh, kind of opens your eyes, you know, mm-hmm. to what's happening. So it's tricky. We, we, we want people to come buy a ticket and see the shows because that's what we're doing. There's no other agenda for us. We're not, um, actually, tomorrow we do have a film festival, uh, our 24-hour bug film festival, which is uh, it's free to come and, and you can make a movie in 24 hours and we're going to screen them all tomorrow and it's a fundraiser for uh, Edinburgh, Edinburgh. But also, um, I just want to mention also there's, there's a lot of people that it takes a lot of people to keep this small company moving. Um, our lead director is, we have a, like a brood of lead, different broods of leadership. Um, like our lead director is Denise Devin, Brand is our general manager. Uh, we've got like a whole team of directors like Jana Weimer, um, plus a lot of local directors come in and, and, and do stuff with us. Um, George has been very involved. Gina's back. Um, Barry here is, is coming to Edinburgh with us. Also, um, our PR headquarters is in Salem, Massachusetts, our actual PR headquarters, and that's helmed by the Colonel, and he's been doing our website and our online PR, our, our websites. We have three websites all these years as his service to the company. Um, it's been nonstop all these years, and so um, he's also, it just happens to be a big horror fan as well. Like he's, he's, are you going to vote on the Rondo Awards? Um, now I am, (laughs) (laughs) you know, he's, uh, you know, so we're constantly staying connected, like with our, you know, place, you know, places and like bands that we love, like midnight syndicate, they come out when they do monster Palooza, Edward will come out and see the shows here. And, um, but the Colonel has been a huge part, like he's going to capture this and, and, you know, we're going to, we're going to push this out as well. He's, he's been done. It's, this is a lot of work from a lot of people to keep everything moving. I'm hoping Gina will, will stick around like direct of, her own show. Yeah, one you of know. the cool things I think that's happening or that you guys can take advantage of is all the different, like Barry, you were involved in uh, Halloween Horror Nights, right? So, so you've got like all these creative people in this town and you guys can do stuff and uh, draw from that. You know, I mean, you couldn't do that if you were in New Mexico or something, you know what I mean? I mean, that's the cool thing about right here is you've got all that to pull from. So now, how tall are you, Barry? Oh, God. Uh, I'm 6'5". Woo! Um, (laughs) Yeah! 6'8 in heels. Yeah, I'm. Uh, my name is Barry Bishop, and uh, apparently, I'm the oldest living monster in captivity here. Uh, these children keep me busy. <laughs> and in this particular show, you play a pretty intimidating role. Your size is part of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I'm six four, like 280 pounds. So. Wow. 
I don't see other guys like Barry's size too often, so it was cool to see that in this show, you know, uh, to feel a little bit of what I may, <laughs> can portray on other people too, you know. As far as that intimidation factor, you got a big guy that's, you know, playing this role. And um, it's a little bit hard for him too, I mean, other than his like expertise in makeup, I mean, he's like a big, sweet, beautiful boy, so... So our hope is that he'll do the direct opposite with our public and scare like the shit out pull of out some, you know? Pull out some anger. So you've done some makeup work and special effects and stuff? Well, yeah. I, um, I guess you, I, I want you to call a monster kid from the 60s. Um, I grew up watching Dark Shadows and reading Famous Monsters and uh, being scared to death of horror films. My older brothers would torture me by letting me watch shock theater with them. And, oh, okay. Um, yeah, it went from being scared of monsters to wanting to figure out how they were made. It's like, oh, that's just an actor, and he's wearing a lot of cool shit, and I want to know how to dip that cool shit on other people. So, Is there a thrill behind that when you see someone get scared from what you're doing? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, haunt work has kept me sane over the years. I lived in Atlanta, Georgia for 20 years, and I worked uh, at Netherworld Haunted House. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I've heard of it, yeah. Uh, you, you've got to go. Um, it is a really wonderful place to, you know, I cut my teeth there uh, for 10 seasons working um, as a character. Uh -huh. um, yeah, and then I picked up and I kind of went through a, you know, a change, of, change of life, I guess. You know, I retired from my old job and moved out west. Um, my very first job was working at Universal Studios as a chainsaw clown. Oh, wow. And uh, it's been all uphill since then. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the, the chainsaw clowns at Universal roam around the upper lot. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I've spent a lot of time on New York Street there. Yeah. But the cool thing is, um, all my life I've been interested in different horror genres and different things. And to finally, uh, this this is so different. And it's such a... It's so nice to have that thrill of discovering something new. And you remember the first time you saw a horror, the first horror movie that really got to you. And, you know, you never have that same thrill. I'm, I'm having that thrill right now with this live theater experience and it just feels like home. Cool, that's great, yeah. Is there, um, I'm gonna take a quick break right now, but when I would get back, I'm gonna ask you guys, because this show, we typically, we talk about paranormal stuff. I wanna get your take on that. I wanna get your take on what inspires all these, you know, these horror movies. So many of them are based on supernatural experiences, and, and we've had lots of people on this show that have seen and heard and felt things that scared the crap out of them. Uh, so I wanna get your guys' take on that, but we'll be right back after this break. This is John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper, and you're listening to Spirits and More Radio. <laughs> Please don't insist. 
And you're listening to Spirits and More Radio. We're here at Zombie Joe's Underground Theater with Zombie Joe himself. And we had uh, lots of the cast from the show uh, that's in production right now. Um, Joe, you want to talk about some of the stuff that's coming up for, you know, as this, you said, the season's going to be here soon. So before you know it, it's August, October, right? So uh, we're here in April. It's springtime. You want to talk about what's coming up? Well, we have um, Monsters Come Out at Night, which we really encourage your listeners to come to. That goes for two more weekends through uh, April 21st. It's Friday, Saturdays at 8.30 and 9.30 showtimes. You can go to zombiejoes.tix.com. Um, we, hope, we hope everyone gets a chance to come see it because it's really unique and special, and it's a limited engagement, and, and tickets are very limited for it as well. Um, and... Um, We've, we're going to be opening, um, there's actually an installation um, from Francesca Bufuco that's coming in. It's a, it's a, it'll be a free installation that she's doing here. Uh, she's going to be doing it here, then bringing it back to Italy. Um, it's on tour, and that's going to be here the weekend of um, April 27th through the 29th. That's like a, a free installation with no actors in it it's gonna it's sort of when you say installation it's like a art it's like an art live art installation you can walk through with projections and um it's um it's like an international sort of thing so that's going to be running for three weekends and it's free okay people can come out and see that um also we're opening dave dickens dementia vote which is uh going to be directed by brandon slezak um, and that, um, that's gonna, what's that about, do you think? Um, that's a, that's a more traditional, uh, stage show. It's a, uh, it's essentially about an old man with dementia who gets wrapped up inside a, a political farce. It takes place within, like, the coverage of an election, um, but it's completely nonsense and has nothing to do with current times or anything like that. It's really just a, a big, silly, over-the-top good time. Cool. So, and that's happening. When is that opening? Uh, that opens May sixth, Sunday, okay. <laughs> and then it runs uh, Saturdays and Sundays uh, throughout May. Okay. Cool. Um, you wanted to get. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead and go, this, go is, this is Gina Bishop. Hi. She's amazing. <laughs> I'm Gina. Uh, thanks for coming to our show. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just I have a long history of musical theater experience on and off um, the stage behind the camera and. Um, I've been in LA for almost 20 years and I've done a lot of choreography and dance um, and I just I think it's important for anybody who is, is in LA whether or not you're into the horror scene I'm not on paper I'm the last person to probably have walked into this door but I did a show with Zombie six years ago oh, and um, heard he was doing the show and came back and I've had a pleasure of you know doing choreography for this show and I think it's um, the thing about this theater, unlike any other theater in this area, is that it's it's honest. It's really honest, and there's not a lot of honesty. And um, on both sides, you know, whether it's you know on this side or the other side, or you know the dark and the light, um, I think this theater, this show specifically, um, really stretches people to be in it and to come and experience it because. Whether you're here for one show, you leave and it makes you think and it makes you go to those places that maybe you don't want to. Uh, and I think that's such an important thing. What, wherever you are, whatever stage you are, 
Um, and that's what this theater, I think, does better than any theater I've ever been to in LA. To and for, for the listeners who don't, uh, I mean, you know, who aren't involved in theater at all, you talk about choreography for something like this, like a horror experience. How do, how do you do that? How is it different from like the stage, right? With the spotlights and all that sort of thing. It's gotta be a little bit different. I mean, you're moving people around through the space. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about how you, what that is and how you approach it. Right, it's, it's actually really different. Um, it's day and night. Different. This is a different world, this whole theater. So like I said, come out. If you haven't been here already, you need to. Um, for many reasons. But I think, you know, everybody absorbs material differently. And visually, uh, movement can be very powerful. Um, so your job within the, within the production is to where people are at what time and how they're moving around, essentially? Well, and yet, mm, most of his shows anyways are really physical. So there, there's always that physical element, but for this specific show, we do have, you know, dance elements in it, which, you know, I was able to bring sort of my, you know, gifts in that way to the production, which I love. And I think it, it, it's really an interesting thing to have that, you know, the beauty of movement and to be able to make it ugly. You know, I think that's the, that's the important part for actors who come here and people who come here also is that life is not always beautiful, but there is some beauty in that darkness and it's, that is what we're touching upon. I think in the movement, in the acting, you know, and you, you were asking earlier about, you know, what do you do to harness the character? And I think that's the problem with a lot of actors and is that you're not, you're not playing a part. You're not acting, you're reacting. And we've forgotten a lot about life is just being aware. And this place is like that. And so as an audience member, which I could, you could see, if you, you know, space out for two seconds, you're in the middle of something and you're like, oh shit. So it, it really gives everybody a chance to be so present and I think that's important. That's important work. And as artists, that's what you crave. You want to be doing original stuff. It's really hard to find original stuff. So Yeah. And the other thing, too, is as a spectator, as you come through, uh, most people aren't analyzing every second of what's happening. You know, they're mm -hmm. reacting to what's happening to them. And I think that uh, people, when they come through here, uh, I have a background in lighting and sound, and most people don't pay attention to that. They don't realize that, you know, little nuances of sound or light just create the, the experience. And I think what you're talking about with the dance and the choreography, too, that's one of those things that, you know, unfortunately, people just don't even, it doesn't register, it registers as a whole, you know what I mean? It registers as a whole, like this was cool, you know, but they don't, they can't process, they don't realize it's cool because you did what you did to make that happen and you and everyone else, all these little tiny things are accumulate into this show, you know? Yeah, they count. The, the, yeah. Like here in this personal up close theater, the, the small things really count. And I think we're, as a cast, like, I feel this cast is really hard. They're really hard on themselves, like, because they really care and, and like, like we really care about those moments and making every performance and reviewing each performance and what do we do wrong and I mean just like totally amazing cast and also something about the dance element of this particular show like we all bring our strengths and we bring our qualities as performers and artists to the show all of us bring in 
all of our resources. And so Gina has multiple resources as an artist and as a performer and as a dancer and as a choreographer. And so, um, I mean, not very many people can choreograph a group of nine people in 20 minutes of most of them non-dancers into what you saw. I mean, right. that's, that's something that Brandon pointed out. Like, I mean, that takes a certain set of skills and experience. Um, it could take, you know, we don't have the luxury of time to like what you saw tonight. Like, a lot of that had to be expedited quickly. And so Gina from, you know, her constantly chiseling out with her experience and what she does was able to come in and, you know, like, Hey, we're dancing. Look, mom, we're, you know, we're yeah. dancing here and, you know, and, and, and did it look good? Yeah. I mean, I want to say for anyone who's listening, obviously hasn't seen this show. So we got to kind of portray that, you know, get that across to them. But, uh, none of it, what's, the experience as a whole, you know, it's theater, but it was, I want to say it's more of an experience. Mm -hmm. Really, that's what I feel like, you know, when I saw what you guys are doing here, it was an experience. It wasn't, you know, uh, it, all that stuff is part of it to make it happen. And it comes across it, it's truly amazing the short amount of time that you pull these shows together because it did not feel like just put together quick. You know, the whole, um, the the way that everything has pulled together in this particular show from my experience um it it just feels like a, a solid whole experience so and it's all those details you well know. that's a, I'm, i think that's a compliment and a testament to the theater yeah. itself because it, it's like an it's its own organic thing it's living and breathing and you know as much as the show is presented it is evolving and uh that's the gift of theater, obviously, in general. But this specific kind of theater, it, you know, it's, it brings new things out every time you do it. And especially with different, it's like a relationship. You have a relationship with a different audience every single time. And you learn new things and you, you're aware of things that you're like, oh, that affected somebody, you know, and or you're changing things. So it's, it's really, um, yeah, it has a life of its yeah. own. And, you know, you hear about, uh, you know, a lot of actors that end up in movies and television. A lot of them, when you talk to them, well, I've, I've talked to several people, and they, they come back and they say the theater's really like what they love because you get that, as it was explained to me, you know, when you're on a set and you're taking, you know, multiple takes and it gets edited and things get put in digitally and all that, you don't, you don't get that feedback. And they said what, is really cool about live theater is just that instantaneous feedback that you're getting with that audience and that it's different and interesting every time so you got um something to understand too like as artists because we really are we're like always earning our seat here as artists you know um we're sensitive and we're we care and we're it's it's sometimes delicate situations like we try not to run over each other and like as a director too, like I, you know, a lot of, there has to be a lot of fast decisions, a lot of quick decisions made, but um, I'm really learning. The one thing I'm learning as I'm getting older is we're sensitive and we're fragile and, and, and yet we're trying to also, there's times we have to be tough as nails out here and kind of manhandle our show. And um, there's also different experience levels in every show. Um, some people are always trying to catch up with that. I mean, you know, you got like in this particular show, there's a couple, couple of people that are like super skilled, like technicians, you know, and then you have some newer, newer people that, 
you have to uh, just be a little more loving and a little and and you know so that's I just think with the arts and stuff it's it's whether it's theater or you know the arts are very delicate and and very sensitive and and it's hard because you got to be tough in this world you got to be you got to be tough in LA you know um, just day to day but um, you we have to like like we have to really stay really soft and open. And Which is contrary to everything you're projecting to your audience, yeah. too. You know, I mean, you guys are doing horror. You're, you know, none of that <laughs> soft, sensitive is coming through. It's like hardcore, mm -hmm. you know. So you, you're really putting, you have to really put on, you know, a whole different face, you know, to the audience. So it's really, uh, we try to have fun. So like with the horror, we try to have fun with our, the audiences and with each other and, that's hard too because there's always that danger of are we having too much fun? Are we not focusing on the matter at hand, on a on a solid show that we're give? Are we giving a solid show? So, um, but um, it's a constant. Um, it just um, it just never gets any easier, I guess. But but I'll tell you what, when working with really good people like these days, like because things are very challenging, just keeping everything moving. The only reason I, the only reason we're still in it here is because we get to work with really good people here, and that's what, that's all I care about. At right now, we're we're um, where we're at and where I'm at. I get to be and work with people. You know, like there's some days that Brandon, you know, he's been nursing me along here. Did you he's ever been, think? You know? you, did you ever think you'd be here? This, you know, from that first show. I mean that's a, that's a long when time. We, when we first moved into this space, it was like overwhelming. Like our rent tripled from the last place, and um, um, uh, we said, "Okay, if we do six shows here, we're successful. Six shows before we can't pay the rent anymore. We've been successful." So we never thought we would do like three hundred and fifty productions. All these years later, uh, you know, rents going up and. Um, by the way, I just want to say one quick thing about theaters, because a lot of a lot of theaters lose their spaces um, because we can't keep up with the rent and the arts. And we're you know we're artists. We're not really business people, you know. But um, something I want to say on this, like if we can't keep our spaces, then shame on us. Uh, life is hard. We got to grow up and get used to it. A lot of theaters want to blame the city or blame you know landlords for raising the rent but the only fault really is our own if if it's my own fault that i don't own my own space and i eventually get pushed out because of rising rents um that's my own fault i just want to mention it because it's it's really hard these days for small theaters it's hard for us to take accountability and if theater dies in this town, it's my own fault. I take the blame. I'm responsible for it. And I just, I just want to take that responsibility publicly because um, um, it's so easy to pass the buck when the truth is um, if, if we fail, if it comes to a point we fail, you know, I, I am responsible for that. Yeah. So. Have you seen a change? I mean, from the very beginning when you started doing theater here to today, I mean, there wasn't social, there wasn't social media. There wasn't, you know, the way that you get to people to get people in the doors to see shows. Um, I hadn't seen any horror shows until five years ago, really. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of horror fans out there who don't, actively seek this out because they just don't know you know they don't know and they don't know how cool it is they don't know how how 
neat it is to see horror productions live. You know what I mean? I mean, everybody loves horror. You know, the horror fans love horror movies. They love going to haunted houses and feeling scared. You know, this is kind of like a whole different thing that happens yeah. that can be appreciated. You know what I mean? So it's like, how has that message changed? I mean, getting out there, you see more people coming uh, because of the visibility these days. Uh, this is like a really, this is a really, um, do you want to, do you want to? Uh, I'd say, you know, the big change it seems like now is the fact that sort of what you mentioned earlier, it's like the last five years, there's been this explosion of immersive horror theater, home haunts, then to the big companies, like you have the Russo brothers just signed with the production company that does the tension and lust experiences. So in Los Angeles right now, you have everything from big to small and this community is really, um, really kind of taken hold of it and has a lot of fun with it. So first and foremost, recently with a lot of the horror shows we do, even the Easter egg hunt, the people who come out are those haunters that are really enjoying um, what the city has to give right now. And I think you're right, social media and stuff like that is sort of helping grow that audience. You know, you have like these big shows like Creep Lore where Amazon gets behind them and they're able to uh, promote them on billboards. You know, it's like having stuff like that helps a lot because someone goes to Creep Lore, they're like, oh man, that was cool. I've never done something like that before. What else is there out there? Right. And um, as these, as the medium itself grows and becomes a little more, um, complex and a little more savvy you know i think i think audiences are just starting to uh really realize what's out there and uh come and take part now what do you guys um what i'm trying to phrase this in a way that people can understand um i'll i'll do a little lay a little background down um just a couple years ago not scary farm did something that had to do with a psycho person in a psych ward right that's roaming around and they got slammed on social media for that from people who have children with psychosis and things like that that have those mental health issues so when all these productions are doing things on the edge you know what i mean it's like you're you're taking people to the edge and right now i mean you know there's a lot of sensitivity out there right like there's this kind of over looming over type of like sensitivity upon trying to consider every every angle not to upset somebody you know right. but here you guys are doing you know an easter egg hunt you know uh, we, <laughs> the way um, that you did it yeah so we um have no opinion on outside issues uh, just like you know alcoholics anonymous has no opinion on outside issues um uh, everything is fair game for us. Um, it's all, everything is entertainment for us. And we don't want to be offensive or, you know, we're definitely, uh, you know, a colorblind equal. I mean, we're like, we're all in this together, you know. Um, but um, we, um, if anything, um, you know, we, we just, uh, it's, we're in really super sensitive times. And, um, it's amazing. We just, it's, it's just, we're, we're constantly rolling the dice with that. I, but we don't think, we try not to think about it. And, um, uh, we do really, we do everything here and that nothing's too taboo for us, but that's, um, that's interesting. I don't know how other theater groups are reacting or not, or being sensitive to that stuff. Maybe we should be more sensitive to it, but I don't think we even really think about it. We just kind of come out here and see, we feel that, the American way, we we believe in America and we believe in the American way and we express it through our freedom of speech. In our theater, we have our own space. Um, we don't have to uh, be afraid of persecution. 
Uh, and we really kind of take it to the limit there where we can do whatever the hell we want and we really do. And our audiences have been embracing and supportive of that and they have fun with us too. They don't take us too seriously either. You know, like they come and they have fun and they enjoy and they're our, they're our friends and our community. Um, but uh, we try to be fear because once we get afraid of doing something on stage or um, that's when we've really been conquered and that's where really we have failed. And, we, you know, um, so um, it's interesting <laughs> that you bring it. I don't know if, I don't know if these guys feel differently, um, but um, it's nice to have freedom to come in here and, and do what we want. Like these guys have complete freedom. They have a space. Like this is their theater too and stuff. Yeah. So, and, and it's, it's like, yeah. It's different too, right? I mean, Not Scary Farm has a big corporate board behind them. Mm -hmm. They get afraid of them. I mean, that kind of stuff is yeah. trickles down across the tendons. And but even so, they do, like Knots does great. Uh, yeah. Like Shadowlands and Dark Ride this last year. Like they did a fabulous job. They did cross a lot of lines, I felt, this last year. Yeah. Um, well, and Universal lost uh, Bill and Ted show to that same kind of thing. Um, whereas Knott's Berry Farm actually kept doing, mm -hmm. actually mocked them for shutting that down. And then they kind of were in the crosshairs a couple years later. So well, where, else, where else are you going to get a boysenberry like juice cocktail too? Like uh, <laughs> the Knott's Berry Farm. Exactly. But does, you guys probably have more freedom here because of your size that people come in here expecting an artistic experience like that, you know? I th honestly, I think part of what why we don't run into the issue as often is because we're not an attraction company trying to come up with something that's going to like, you know, like be a big ticket event. We're a, we're a theater company first and foremost. So we're exploring things that can maybe be uncomfortable or maybe even taboo in certain circles to talk about, but we're approaching everything from an artist perspective, from a place of love and really trying to explore and understand not only just the human condition, but what it means to be a conscious entity in a larger, very confusing universe. Right. You know, so I think, I think that plays a lot into why we're able to explore certain elements that maybe other folks have come into issue with because, um, like I said, first and foremost, we're just artists trying to um, explore and take audiences sort of on an explanation, or ex exploration, pardon me, um, further than what their own consciousness would sort of allow them to accept. Right. Have any of you guys, I'm, I'm going to change gears here real quick, have any of you guys had a paranormal experience? Something unusual that oh, here, yeah, certainly. <laughs> no, seriously, like here, um, well, undoubtedly. Okay, talk about that. It's funny, it's like, um, you know, I've always been a believer of paranormal things and all of that, but I've never experienced it myself. Um, but I think anyone who's performed here, and I think Gina could probably attest to, and Zombie as well, is this space harbors an interesting energy. I think maybe it's because what we explore here, I don't know. Uh, but the last, uh, the last spring urban death, which um, I got thankfully got to be a part of the extension. Uh, the last urban death, there was a scene where there was a, uh, a gentleman named Wynn dancing in a window with like a very sexy lingerie, and he's, he was a, he's a, a stoutly man like myself. And um, <laughs> during the scene, I thought I saw an, another cast member behind him, and I was like, oh, he just blew that scene, man. And so after the show, I go up to him, and I said, hey, bud, you gotta, if you're gonna be up in the window when someone else is up there, you gotta stay down, and he's like, Brandon, what are you talking about, dude? I'm, I'm in the scene before that, and I'm in a quick change. Nobody's up there with him, and uh, it, it freaks me out every time I talk about. It. Like I legitimately really? saw him, uh, a small male figure, 
behind him to the point where I, you know, was correcting an actor after a show, yeah. and I was wrong. Is, is that it the was, first thing you've ever seen? Oh, 100%. Like, that? Okay. like, I saw it tangibly to the point where I was like... I was like solid, on. not like transparent. No, solid. Solid. I was like... I was this, uh, one of our cast members, Adam, I thought it was him, and I was like, Adam, what are you doing, buddy? And he's yeah. like, not, not me. And wow. uh, yeah, that was, that's the first real tangible thing I've ever seen. And uh, I, I mean, I open the space all the time. I close the space all the time by myself. I have a rule where I don't look out of the corner of my eye, keep my vision straight <laughs> ahead, and uh, I just get in and out when it's dark. Well, you know, we've, uh, we had a guest on here named Richard Carradine, and he his ghost experience in Pasadena in, a, in one of those old mansions out there where a friend was living, he saw a woman come down the staircase kind of in a fancy dress, but she was not transparent. So he didn't think, I'm seeing a ghost. He was thinking, uh, you know, when, you, when someone doesn't see you in a room, you kind of cough or make yourself known so you don't startle them. So he's kind of rustling around making some noise thinking, what am I going to say to her when she comes down and turns and I'm here? That was his thought. But when she got to the bottom of the stairs, she literally just vaporized in front of him. You, you, they have no legs. Yeah. They have no, no legs. legs. No so legs. you can look down if they're just kind of whooshing along or they have like clear transparent leg like they like ghosts like they don't seem to have legs so look look for legs and feet right legless <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. so uh, you haven't seen anything um no here there's definitely um by the way this is the first time we've talked about this on uh like publicly um but it's at this point it's pretty clear that there's that our space has an energy to it um but yeah, we've had a couple things, like especially like during the holidays. Um, and there's constant, there's always new eyewitness. And even if we don't talk to the new people here, they'll come forward and say, hey, I saw something. And then that we'll disclose. Uh, like, but it, it, seems to, it seems to be non-malevolent uh, um, and non-malevolent. And um, What do they see? What have people seen? Um, yeah, so like the corner of the room, there's... Um, dark spots dark uh dark cloudy apparitions there's been uh oh back there yeah um and there's also been sightings of like a woman here too and also um uh whatever it is there might be multiple likes to push buttons and play like uh there's been piano that's been played here and likes to like start music and maybe my big concern is that the spirits might like turn on the water or something and leave like, it running. Yeah. It's my oh, maybe I shouldn't <laughs> give any ideas. Uh, that's like probably my only concern, but other than that, they're pretty um, timid. They're, they're not, they're non-threatening and uh, we're not sure if they belong to the whole strip of the buildings or just, this unit, but I mean, I would understand as a spirit being attracted to the kind of uh, physical funkiness that we do here, it would make sense. And, and it's not uncommon for theaters to have like some, some amount of activity. It's very common, I think, for theaters, right? I was just going to say, I think there's very few theaters I've been involved in that don't have something like that, you know, happening. And I think it's because it's invited. I mean, mm -hmm. artists are opening, you know, channels in every direction to tap into whatever we can in that way. And that's really, you know, an invitation. Yeah. I personally, I, I pick up on energies left and right. Um, just and have, here. 
Okay. Uh, just in general in my life. Yeah. From the time I was a young, young girl. Um, but I'm not afraid of that. You know, I, I welcome that, you know, so I'm always seeing, you know, lots of electricity and that kind of stuff. Um, and just because I'm not afraid of dying and I'm not, I think it's a, you know, a thing. But here specifically, I don't actually feel any sense of darkness at all. Actually, what I feel here is really a lightness because I think you exercise those fears and it releases them. So it actually, like, I don't feel a darkness at all, even though, like you said, the subject matter is heavy. I think it's heavy because we make it heavy and we don't release it. And actually, these people that come here and they watch this, even if they're, they're just witnessing it, and it, maybe they're not even fully processing it, it's releasing it out into the world. So it's constantly, like, recycling those, that, you know, repressed energy. And I think it's, you know, healthy, really, really healthy. So you've seen, have you, Joe, have you seen, you've seen stuff, mm -hmm. Pe like apparitions, people, like physical? Um, yeah, in this space, there's been um, just a little bit of dark spots and shadows, um, and also... Um, and what happened with the chairs back here? You guys were pointing to the chairs. Oh, is that where you saw? Well, it was more speaking towards, like, there's, I, I can't remember who it was, I've had a couple actors notice it, but it's like sometimes we'll be doing tech runs and stuff like that, you know, preparing a show, and as someone's performing, they'll be like, oh, who was sitting in on the audience? Yeah. And you'll be like, no, it was just us. Wow. And like, it's, and it's actually always almost a woman, and it's yeah. almost always this um, chair that's on the inside edge of our walk-up on our uh, small raked seating we have here. And it's always the second row, that seat right there that I'm pointing to. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. And that's happened since you first took over this space. Yeah, um, it's been, um, we've actually had like um, audience members come in, like, come in with like sketchbooks and they'll sketch the actors performing, they'll, they'll actually sketch them out and then like they'll sketch out a spirit, <laughs> like that's happened a couple times, it's been kind of weird. <laughs> also, uh, stuff happens like um, people or somebody will leave little piles of rocks like on, on our entrances, I don't know. With that, like little piles of rocks, like kind of spiritual stuff like that. Um, I think this is this place in general <laughs> has uh, invites. There's some sort of um, energy, spirituality. But the thing is, we're always busy doing shows here. We're busy, like at the matter at hand. We don't have a lot of time to kind of focus on, uh, or not even be negligent of it. But we just we're always busy working here, so uh, they kind of have to make room for us. Yeah, because we're we're and. Um, the spirits tend to be um, respectful. Um, I think if you, like for example, if you were crying or something was really bothering you, if you got into a fight uh, in the space here, or if you were crying, that's when uh, these really seem to come out when there's like a real uh, in intense uh, emotion, that's when they seem to kind of come forward. So interesting. I don't know. Yeah. S sort of what Gina kind of mentioned about this being a light feeling space. It really is, and even like the things that I've seen and other people have seen, it's never ever, it's never felt negative or like that sort of like uh, malevolent was kind of a good way of putting it. But it's always sort of um, curious or inquisitive or sometimes even supportive. Like it's just like if you see them, they're just kind of popping in to see what's going on and kind of let you know you're they're there a little bit. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting that way actually. Yeah, I mean, you said as an audience member that you felt like it was a safe space. And I think that's the 
underlying thing is that you don't have to be threatened when people I are did until hugging he you. I did until he told me there was a thing up there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you want, you know, Steve, you're welcome to, I mean, if you want to really experience it firsthand, go ahead and spend the night here and you'll, I mean, that's the best way to do it. If wow. you want to experience, you can spend the night. Uh, all my experiences have been like, um, you know, during urban death or the horse, like with trauma, the shows that have trauma in them, <clears throat> two, three o'clock in the morning. Um, that's usually when I, you know, I've said, a, you know, a couple of times, like it's, you know, they know that I'm the boss here, so you know I am of the flesh. They are of the spirit, and so they can do their thing. But I have I have shit to do here. I got to straighten up at the end of the night, and I don't want to be fucked with at the end of the night. So yeah. um, there's just but but <laughs> you, that's my re, that's the request. But yeah, the, even yeah. so, you know. yeah, definitely. Well, and that's true. Like you guys said, I've heard that about other theaters too. You know, <sighs> Magic Castle has some theaters. They have people that have been seen you know sitting in the audience that weren't really there kind of thing so little girl that runs around but uh yeah anyway you guys is there anything else you want to do it's getting a little bit late almost one in the morning here um, you can follow us again on instagram at zombie joe's um underground uh, zombie joe's uh it's at zombie joe's spelt a traditional way of course um and then at urban death underscore zju Okay, cool. And then Twitter, we're, we have a good Twitter. Um, you, can, you can connect with the Colonel on Twitter at Zombie Joe's. And then and we're on and Facebook. And Zombie Joe's is going on the road, so um, yeah. Edinburgh. Yeah, gonna we're going to be playing Midsummer Scream, uh, Urban Death at Midsummer Scream, which is like we're super excited about. Los Angeles Hollow, uh, Halloween Horror Convention. Horror yeah. Convention in Long Beach. That's going to be the end of July, the last weekend in July with like you know, David, uh, Claire, Gary, uh, Rick, and jo jo Johanna, and uh, they take, it's just, it's it's like a real family affair with like, 50, they're expecting huge crowds, and it's going to be a big party, and then the very next day, we're flying out to Edinburgh, we're playing the whole entire month uh, of August in Scotland uh, at um, Sweet Venues, um, 3135 Grass Market, we'll, okay. be, we'll be there doing Urban Death, nine about nine twenty every night um the first and we do have a lot of people that listen from the uk oh so good any, good so oh yeah we'll be there so anyone who's close or can fly there yeah. during that time i definitely recommend you guys do that if you're listening in the uk mm -hmm. go see this show uh, otherwise, you got to fly out to LA to see this. And and if you are coming to Los Angeles or planning vacations, and you're a horror fan, you can't not miss this. This is you got to come see a show that you're doing here um, yeah. because it's unique. It's I, I think there's a lot of people who are in places where they don't do this. You know, I mean, it's just not available. So it's one of those cool. If you're looking for something cool to do that you can't do in most places, come see the shows here at Zombie Joe's Underground Theater. Yeah, and and this really is. Um, the year of urban death for us just because of all the urban death stuff we're doing in the next few months but um but and steve what a great show like what you're doing here and like you came out all, all, all this way thank you for um yeah for absolutely coming to the theater and and really just kind of bringing all you got and hopefully we gave you what we all we have like, yeah we never sure. talk about some of this stuff like but there's something you're like you're such a sweet guy what are we gonna do you know i mean it's uh 
Ed, did, did you like, did you enjoy the interview? Yeah, with yeah us, for sure. Yeah. I hope, uh, I think there's three different segments here that we did. So, uh, so I, I kind of want to structure them, you know, so everyone can kind of jump into it and enjoy it. So, um, but let's do the outro since okay. this, I'm actually editing. This is like the only show I've ever edited just because of, you know, coming out here and doing this, uh, setting up everything here like this. So and come see monsters come out at night for two more weekends, Friday, Saturday night at eight 30, <laughs> nine 30, and our phone number is 818-202-4120, zombiejoes.com, zombiejoes.tix.com. Any more plugs? I think that's good. Or no. <laughs> that's it. All right, you guys, let's call it a night. Thank you for listening to Spirits and More Radio. You can listen to all of our shows at spiritsandmoreradio.com. Remember, if you have a paranormal experience, go ahead and send that over to us at editor at spiritsandmoreradio.com. And uh, remember, if you come to L.A., not only do you get to uh, see a cool show here in this theater, but uh, keep your eye out. Maybe you'll see something else as well. So um, anyway, uh, thanks again, and we will uh, be back with another show in about two weeks. So we'll see you next time.